podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sometimes saving money takes work. Like when you have to walk an extra block for that coffee deal. Or battle pop-up ads to get online coupon codes. But when you switch to Xfinity Mobile, saving money is easy peasy. You'll save up to $400 a year on your wireless bill. And you can even get $250 off when you purchase an eligible smartphone now through January 4th. So you can do the same thing you always do. Just with more money in your pocket. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Wireless savings compares to averages of top providers. Xfinity Internet required. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's going to be a drop back. And now it's in the middle. Drop again. Stretch it, stretch it, mix it on Stretch it, Chelsea two, Arsenal one, Didier Drop the ball. Drop in the centre. The boy just came to the ground and was full of that ball. Stretch it, stretch it, mix it on Possibly bleak as this. Hello, welcome to another episode of Chesi Hour. I'll be your host for the evening. My name is Meads and I'm joined by Joe Tweets. Hey, there, man. Yeah, good man. How are you? I'm not too bad. And we've also got Jermaine. What are you saying, bro? Yeah, Meads, all good, man. All good. Alright, so again, you know how it is with Chelsea. You know we're we're a bit of an up and down team this season and it's um it's quite weird. We've not been able to have a prolonged period of sadness. It's always a oh yeah, we're rubbish and then we have a good performance in the middle of the rubbishness. So it's a it's a bit more of the same this week. It's crazy. Um we I first want to start off um with the calamity that was Bournemouth. Um I felt like in some parts of the game we played pretty well. Um but yeah, I think the first half was was fantastic. Actually, I think we were solid, um, played pretty well, were in control. Didn't really, apart from the first fifteen minutes, um, where Bournemouth put us under, under a lot of pressure. I felt like we kind of had the game, and you know how it is with Chelsea. If you you get the first goal, but if you don't get the second, we're in big big trouble. And um, yeah, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the game. Although it was, it does feel like a a while ago now. Um, and a lot's happened in between then, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on the game. Jermaine? Yeah, um, 
to be fair, I didn't, I didn't really catch um, Mountain, but uh, I thought I was surprised to see that we went with the three at the back against Bournemouth only because I felt like the first time we played them, we, I'm pretty sure we we dominated quite large parts of the game, but we just couldn't manage to score. So I just felt like going with three at the back. I thought that was a little bit defensive against Bournemouth. Um. And and generally, I, I was just disappointed with the way our midfield kind of performed against against Bournemouth in terms of their midfield and in terms of the players that they got in there. I just didn't really expect them to to do, like dominate no, in I, parts of the game. Well, like billing billing against Jorginho, I just felt like that was a little bit of a yeah. I mean, you know, Jorginho. I just expect Jorginho to kind of outplay him. I know, I know, physically he wasn't gonna you know match billing, but. You'd expect Jorginho to kind of use use his attributes in terms of like his passing and his and his know how his, his his IQ on the pitch, like to to kind of kind of grab the grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and he didn't really do that for me. So at all, to be honest, I think Jorginho has been quite smelly for the last couple of games, and I feel like <laughs> it's been quite strange because obviously, so earlier on in the season, I thought he was very, very good. Um, a lot of his limitations, he seemed to buff out because he was a lot more aggressive um, in his play, um, not only in his tackling, in his interceptions and recoveries, but more so in his passing. Um, and his passing was very, very punchy and very, um, uh, yeah, just assertive. His passing was good, generally quite good. And the last couple, like the last month or two, it's been absolutely diabolical, and I don't understand it. Like, you know, when there's Matic syndrome. So Matic, like when he used to play for us, or even at United, I'd probably say, um, Matic would have three, four months of solid, solid form where he's good, and you're thinking, yeah, he's sick, he's actually a baller, and then he will fall off a cliff. It just feels the same way with Jorginho at the minute. It's like he just seems completely lost and poor. I felt like he he was. He was so close to getting sent off against Bournemouth, as he is all, most weeks, to be honest. He always gets a yellow card. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think he got a yellow card in the 12th minute. I'm thinking, what are you doing, bro? Like, 12 minutes. Yeah, I, was, I, was just, I, I was pissed. looked up against it, bro. Yeah, I was pissed. And I, I said, I think even then, in that game, I said, look, hey, just bring on Gilmore. Just bring him on. Because, <laughs> because, no, no, because... You you saw that he was a red card. It was a red card waiting to happen, and thankfully um, Lampard dragged them off anyway. But um, yeah, man, it was just quite. I don't know. Jorginho has been quite poor, man. The last two three months, it's not it's not been good. It's not been good since the start of twenty twenty. It's not been good at all. Um, I felt like our wingers as well, not great. Joe, what do you what do you think? Uh, Especially our attack that game, I think, especially in the second half. What do you think about it? Because you know Alonso came up to save the day, but just, you know that's, that's just not enough. It's not good enough. I mean, you're, you're talking about a system where really, I think the only offensive player we've got is a left wing back. I think that is for me a massive, massive alarm bell. And it does, you know, it does get great, a great deal of that um, out of Alonso. You know, two goals. I think he generally played okay. Um, we know defensively he's limited, but certainly going forward in that position, I mean, he's. He's a goal threat, and, and you know, it's crazy. It's, it's the most threatening player we have on the pitch at the moment seems to be our left wing back, but that's kind of the reality of the situation that we're in. But I felt the attack was was generally generally pretty poor. Um, I think Giroud was was okay in parts. You know, I think Bournemouth played him pretty well. 
um, William and and uh, when sort of he came on and, and Barkley and, and Batshuayi as well didn't really seem to sort of impact the game at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seemed. I, th- I think you're right. I think you summed up pretty well. The first half, I felt we were pretty decent. We seemed to have an absolute ton of shots, but we we seemed so bad at hitting the target. I, I had a quick look on who scored. We like over twenty shots and only like six of them on target. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, how how inefficient we are when it comes to sort of actually even just testing the goal. You're not even in terms of, of scoring, but you can't have like twenty shots and and not you know have half of them hit the target. But it just seemed to be a, a very familiar pattern that we. We come up against a team who I think uh, were pretty well organised. They kind of once they kind of bedded in, I think it, it looked pretty tough for us. And I just think again we we lack both a bit of spark from from midfield and also just generally kind of the four players just a, that that little bit of creativity and that little bit of spark that we need to to sort of turn these these draws into wins. And I think this was a really good example for the summer if Chelsea are going to go and sign a a difference maker that it has to be someone who is is either super super creative or, or you know scores tons of goals from midfield or wide areas because you know this for me is another case in point on the, the fact that we just have almost zero creativity in that midfield area and, and realistically the, the kind of the forwards that we have playing at the moment I mean probably most of them aren't going to be here next season so it's it's a big big red flag at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised as well that like you know like the amount of times we played Bournemouth they, they never seem scared to attack against us like they never ever seem scared scared to attack and I think we should kind of start to try and take advantage of that now and and approach them in a different way because they they come into the game knowing that if they can get their free free attackers in in the game which is obviously King Wilson and Frazier who have had a a lot of joy against us like over the probably the last what two seasons maybe even three it's like the Barca front three when they play us. They turn into like fucking exactly. Messi, Ronaldinho and Eto'o. It's nuts. Exactly. And I just feel like maybe should be approaching the game in a way where we let them come on to us a little bit and let them kind of play. Because Bournemouth will play if you let them. And if you let them play, let them come on to you. Maybe like we would have been able to counter them in a similar way. We'll talk about Tuesday, obviously, later. But in a similar way where we kind of allowed um, Liverpool to come on to us and then we hit them with a counter. And I feel like we should, we should have been doing that with, with Bournemouth as well. And I think we would have caught them out a lot more. I but mean, not in that formation, though, as well. Yeah, I feel like the formation didn't help us at all. Um, no, it didn't. But there was a couple of things that I, I noticed during the game. Um, when our, It was almost like when we dropped deeper, it seemed like we just couldn't get out. I feel and that happened in um, the second half, where they just kept pressing us to death. And we just kept kicking it out. I think Tomori... Had a really bad game, like a re- really, really bad game. I think from the first, like in the first half, he looked really shaky. So the first ten minutes, he looked pretty shaky, and um, that gave Bournemouth the impetus to keep pressing us and um, harrying us. Um, uh, again, a couple of good saves from Caballero, um, and kept us in the game really and truly. I think Billing had two shots, two chances. He scraped one wide, and then another one that he uh, Caballero closed the angle to make a good save. Um, <clears throat> and again, just the midfield. The midfield composition was just again strange. I feel like it's very difficult. When I mean, I remember earlier in the season where people were saying, "Oh, um, Jorginho and Kovacic, um, or jo- Jovacic or whatever they call it, um, is a yeah one of the best midfield pairings in the league, whatever, all that stuff." I was just like, "All right, cool." I mean, because. That's not a midfield that I take to dominate games. I, for me personally, because they're they're too lightweight. 
The moment I start injecting PMP into that game, they're struggling. And if you look at Kovacic, yeah, Kovacic, as much as people say that, oh, yeah, they bring out the best in each other, I, I disagree. I think Kovacic is a standout player amongst him, by himself. He doesn't require Jorginho to make him a top player or a better player. I, I think that's a big fantasy. I think that's a myth. Because, uh, again, when, when Jorginho came off, Kovacic looked a different player. I think I felt that Kovacic was inhibited by Jorginho on the pitch because Jorginho was so sloppy. He kept putting Kovacic in. You know, Kovacic is very good in terms in terms of receiving the ball under pressure and just in tight spaces. I felt like Jorginho kept needlessly putting him in those situations, and you don't need that. Sometimes you don't need to give him the little the two yard pass when he's got two men on him. You don't really need to do that just because Kovacic can handle it. It's not necessary, in my opinion. The easier pass, the better pass is on. A number of times, where Jorginho just shirked away from doing the better pass and the simple pass, just to make it look fancy and cute with Kovacic. It's just weird for me. It's not. It's not. That's not good football. That isn't good football, really and truly. It's not. And look, I'm a fan of Jorginho. <clears throat> I love the way he can build play if he's on his game, but I feel like <clears throat> he lacks. He lacks the defensive solidity that I require in a defensive midfielder. And I know he's not a DM. I know he's a, 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 a DLP, deep line playmaker. But you need your deep line playmakers to be able to screen the back four effectively and efficiently. And yes, I've looked at his stats. Yes, I watch him in the eye test as well. Jorginho doesn't necessarily screen. What Jorginho does, and he's very effective at, is ball winning. And hunting down the ball, hunting down the spaces to win balls. But what you do is when you don't actually get the ball, you leave your midfield and defence exposed. And it happens so often. In that Bournemouth game, it happens so, so often. And it feels like it's been a feature of our season. And I feel like last season, we are able to get away with it. Jorginho was able to get away with it because he had Kante with him. Now Kante's not there to recover. Uh, well, I mean, even in like the first part of the season where Jorginho just kept getting had up because he was left isolated by himself. Um... But now it's just more of the same. Now Kante's not there. It's more of the same, really. And um, it is looking quite... I don't know. I, I think Jorginho, he's been... Now he's banned. He's got a, he got a, his seventh yellow card of the season, um, which equals, I think, a two-game ban in the league. You've also got um, a second yellow... Well, not a second yellow. Another yellow in the Champions League again against Bayern Munich. Um, so I guess that gives Billy Gilmore um, a platform. Um, you know, because, yeah, you know what we think about him on this pod. We've been talking about it for time. We've been championing him for time. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was quite disappointed that he didn't come on, really and truly, because I, <clears throat> I felt we would have had a lot more, um, I guess, balance and a lot more um, stability in midfield. But at the same time, we pushed, we pushed, and we got our equaliser and probably could have gone on to win the game if it weren't for um, Alonso just steering his head wide. So, uh it was an annoying game, but once again, Frank Lampard and his, uh, I don't know what it is, whether it's luck, whether it's George, I don't know, but teams behind us don't seem to capitalise whenever we mess up. I just don't understand it. I mean, other than Wolves, Tottenham lost, um, uh, United drew, Leicester lost. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, man. It was almost like, I don't want to jinx it, but it's almost like Frank has literally got the luck of the gods with him. Uh, it's just a bit mad in a minute. So, um, quickly moving on to it. Well, actually, is there any other things you want to touch on during that game? 
because actually there uh, is one more thing. I, I'm just gonna say I, I'm so proud that that Mies has done like a 10 minute rant on Georgina. <laughs> and I haven't had to say a word. <laughs> I'm sitting here like you know like a proud for like yes, Mies, thank you so much for doing this. Nah, do you know what? That's not me for a change. You know the thing is, yeah, I love, I, I really do like Georgina as a player. I like him as a player, but I feel like. It may sound a bit premature, but I feel like his time here is done. And I don't mean that just because of the emergence of Billy Gilmore. Oh, yes. I said a couple of weeks ago, um, Jorginho, for me, did what he needed to do. So he came here, got hella stick, lots of stick. And I think sometimes, sometimes rightfully, or a lot of the times wrongfully, he didn't deserve a lot of the criticism that he got last season. Um, and he's turned around. A lot of a lot of the, the Chelsea fans aren't on this case anymore. And I feel like a lot of the... The disdain towards Sari was redirected or misdirected towards Jorginho, and he got a lot of the flack. Now on the Lampard, I don't feel like he's got as much flack as he, he did last season, and I feel like he's kind of won people around, and a lot of people appreciate him more as a footballer as well. And I, I like I, I, I like that. I felt like he's done what he wanted to do. I feel like he's a very proud man, um, and yeah, I feel I feel like okay. He isn't necessarily going to stay at Chelsea for the rest of his career. I know that for facts. I, I feel like he probably wants to go back to Italy, but he want he probably even wants to go back to Italy in the summer. But he probably just wanted to prove himself that he can actually play in this league. One, two, win the fans round, and I think he's done that. So I think that's all you really could expect from him or want from him, really and truly. I don't really want anything else because, well, I do. I think, Obviously, I, think, I want more solidity, but I don't think he could physically give that. Yeah, I think, I think the, the the unfortunate thing about Jorginho, the most unfortunate thing about him is that it's not that he doesn't try or he doesn't know where to go or he doesn't know what spaces to cover. I don't think that's the problem with Jorginho. It's literally the fact that he can't. That's 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 exactly. what the problem is. It's like he he's not got the strength and he's not got the speed or the pace to like to to get back into position to recover quickly. Like he just hasn't got it. Yeah. It's not a thing where he doesn't want to do it or he, you know, like I said, he, he doesn't see the spaces because sometimes he's shown, like, where um, he's seen it developing and he's and sometimes he has made, like, some some nice interceptions and some nice tackles. But when it comes to a, a somewhat, somebody that's bigger than him, stronger than him, quicker than him, more aggressive than him, really? nine times out of ten, yeah, he's losing he's that a... battle. And yeah. in the premiership, it just, it just so happens that this is the league where if that's what you're not good at, you're gonna get punished. Trouble, Nine times out, you're gonna get punished, and and that's literally what it is for Jorginho. That's all it is. So yeah, I, I don't for me, think... it's, yeah. it's, I think it's just a thing of the league and who he comes up against in 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 these games. Sometimes he's he's always gonna get made to look a little bit of a ragdoll at times, and and that's that's all it is for me, really. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Um... He's a bad player. I just feel like he's very, yeah. very limited. I've, 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 I've said, yeah. I said it again. Like, I said it at the top of the season. Like, I like Jorginho. I don't think he's a terrible player at all. I think he's got good qualities. Um, he's even got good leadership qualities to a degree. Um, however, physically in this league, I'm never comfortable with a deep line playmaker that doesn't have the physicality, the the physical capabilities to. Do things by themselves. I, I, I just, I just don't. I he because you're going to be left isolated so much. Yeah, it just worries me. It always worried me. And if he gets bypassed, he ain't catching you. 
um, if he gets someone just puts them, themselves onto him, he ain't gonna be able to rough them up. Like it's just not, it's not good. Like I looked at um, Rodri, and Rodri, he's another similar. I would say he's a similar player. Um, I don't particularly rate him that highly, but what Rodri no. does have is the physicality, at least in terms of strength and being robust. I feel like Rodri is able to deal with the pressures of the league far more than Jorginho is. And um, that, that's not to say he's a better player, but I think for this league, he might be more useful. Um, and that, that, you know, I just think that's what it is. I, it's a shame because obviously I want most players to do well at this club. Um, I pretty much want all players to do well at this club and I want them to prove me wrong. Um, but the physical side, the physical attributes that he lacks, is, it is, it is telling. It is telling. You know what I mean? And I feel like, and I do feel like if you think about it, I would probably rather have Cesc in that position than Jorginho, simply because I know Cesc has got the inventiveness, the creativity, you know, the the um, eyes on the back of his head. So he can be, he doesn't need to be, like when he, when he gets pressed, he can see it and he just evades it. I, you know what I mean? It's just, I'd much rather that. It's not, um, I, it might sound wild because I know that Cesc ain't having the best of times in Monaco, but still, I feel like, you know, Jorginho, I think it's time to go and, um, all held a prince, and I guess that's a very nice segue into uh, the masterclass that a young Scottish Xavi um, put on against the soon-to-be crowned champions of England, the champions of um, Europe, and the world champions in Liverpool Football Club. Um, people talk about the amount of changes that they had, but they had a very, very good team out. I mean, they had Van Dijk, they had Joe Gomez, they had Fabinho... Mane played, yeah, I think it was just a masterclass. Joe, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this performance um, because, again, we've been speaking about Billy Gilmore for a long yeah. time and, funny enough, apparently he is one of the players that um, Chelsea got in trouble for and actually got their ban for um, when they actually signed him. So it is kind of funny how that kind of works and um, me and Jermaine were saying, like, look, if it's for a player of this quality, we'll do it all over again. So, Joe, I kind of want your thoughts. <laughs> I kind of want your thoughts on um, on the game and also just a, a couple of words on the young Billy Gilmore. I mean, for, for people who've watched him, and I know a lot of the guys on, on the pod watch a lot of the, the youth team, it's it's not entirely surprising to see him you know, pass the ball fantastically and beat people and have this kind of, you know, sort of confidence and, and vision that you'd expect of maybe a player who's like 27, 28 at his age. You know, that for me wasn't surprising. I think it's it's the, the physicality that he's got for such a small, I mean, he's pretty short, isn't he? A short, kind of short guy. The kind of physicality that he has for me was, was surprising, you know, flying into tackles. I think some of the defensive work that he did was fantastic. There was one bit where he, he covered uh, Mane running through. I think it was Jones who sort of slid the ball through. Um, you know, both the awareness, but also the burst of speed to get the physical strength to hold of Mane with the ball and then not just play it long, but play sort of a decent pass out to, I think it was Rudy at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, that that for me was the the thing that's impressive. And, you know, we've got a guy here who, you know, has modelled his game on, on Cesc Fabregas. You hear about, you know, how he talks about him all the time and how, you know, Iniesta is his favourite player and he, he loves sort of Andrea Perlo. But 
I mean, he's very much a, a lad who comes from, from Glasgow in terms of his, his ability to fly into tackles. And it looked like there was a little bit of uh, a kind of back and forth. I don't know if it was Jones or another one of the, the younger Liverpool players, but Gilmore certainly came out on top there. So he, he seems to just have a really nice balance and blend to his game. You know, he's he's more than capable of, of, of winning tackles. I mean, he won a couple of headers, which I thought was also a bit insane. But it's just that the, the, I think probably... The thing that separates me, I'm not going to make massive comparisons to Jorginho because he's, you know, he's, he's barely paid in comparison to him. But yeah. it's the it's the the kind of forward the forward first approach that he has to his passing. And I think one of the things you said earlier was interesting to me was that Jorginho and this kind of safety first approach. Gilmore with a little drop of the shoulder and bang, that ball goes forward 10, 15 yards into someone's yeah. feet. He's got a great sense of 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 how quickly to play the ball. You know, one of the things that I I often criticise Jorginho for is just he either overhits passes or underhits passes. He doesn't seem to have a great kind of yeah. um, sort of touch or feel for when he actually passes the ball. But you could see when when Gilmore did that ridiculous piece of skill on Fabinho, the little kind of roll flick nutmeg and then pass uh, sent him back to France. The weight of that pass was crazy. I mean, the skill was nuts. But for someone who you know, I love I love midfielders who've got a great sense of passing that that free ball. The weight of that ball was insane. So yeah. you know, another one of these kids that's coming through that potentially, you know, saves you money for, for next season. If Jorginho goes in the summer, you've got a ready-made replacement who can do that sort of position, do that sort of role, can control the game with the ball, can, can control the game with his dribbling, but also has a little bit more aggression, a little bit more spike, a little bit more bite, and a little bit more kind of pace and mobility about yeah. him. So I think it was a great kind of breakout performance. And you just now that sort of the next couple of the games with, with Jorginho out, that he gets to play and hopefully you know, kind of maintains at that level because I think he's going to be hard to get out of the team if he continues to play like this. I, I agree. I, I felt like that game was very much the coming of age um, for yeah, him. Definitely. I feel like there was a couple of people, I'm going to shout out Craig, because Craig did say, oh, uh, uh, no, it wasn't even Craig. Somebody was saying, oh, I'm not sure if this is the right decision, playing... Um, Playing, not playing Jorginho, is, um, especially with the accumulation of games that's coming up in the next couple of weeks, and the fact that he's not going to play in the league is poor squad management. And I was saying, absolutely not. Absolutely not. What Frank Lampard did on Tuesday was spot on. Because if, for example, Billy Gilmore failed that test, and I, when I mean test, I mean playing against a strong, strong team. This is a strong... Liverpool side that literally almost went unbeaten. Thank God they didn't, but they almost went unbeaten. Um, got top players in pretty much every position. Um, so he wanted to see, okay, Billy, show me that you can play. Show me that you could do it at this level because you've done very well against Hull. You've done very well earlier in the season in the Carabao Cup. You did very, very well. But show me if you're on. The, if you're at this level, I want show me. It was a test. And I felt like playing him over Jorginho was the absolute right decision to make. Because not only did he pass it with flying colours, he excelled. He was, in the first half, by far the best player on the pitch. For an 18-year-old yeah. yeah. to do that, and probably I'll probably say that is his first real, real competitive game where Chelsea, I wouldn't even say we're on a par with Liverpool as a team, but of similar levels, I mean, obviously they're much better than us. I'm far away in their development, but I'm I'm talking about comparing him, comparing a a dominant Chelsea side against a whole team. You're talking about your relative age mates, really and truly. You went to Chelsea versus Liverpool, big teams, both big sides. Um, and yeah, he stood up and was counted, and it wasn't again. 
like you said, Joe, it wasn't just um, the passing, the 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 tight control, the bursting away from people. It was everything. It was a complete performance. He was. It was a complete central midfielder's performance. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was sensational. The touch, the technique, the vision, his spatical awareness, in incredible. Always head on a pivot. Always. It is literally like he has modelled everything on get. In terms of receiving the ball, he's modelled it all on Sesk. Because Sesk, 100%. because yeah, yeah. Sesk, whenever, cool. whenever Sesk used to receive the pass, he was always swiveling his head. Always. Every single moment. And with Gilmore, I was watching him and thinking, wow, this, is, this boy is already doing this. And I feel like it changes so much. Because your, your defence, when they're under pressure, they can just pass it to him and they can trust him. And you saw they trusted him. They trusted yeah, him they anywhere with the ball. I think in the first, what, 15 minutes, they part, I think uh, Liverpool were pressing him. Um, and this was on the edge of RD. What did he do? Drop a shoulder. Bang. We're off on the counter. It's just like, huh? And from an 18-year-old, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I feel like a lot of um, Chelsea fans are going to be they're going to be a bit apprehensive. Um, because again, they're thinking, oh, wait, another young player that is really, really good. Um, let's not overhype him. But it's this thing, it's these things where I feel like a lot of our Chelsea fans are so, I wouldn't even say pessimistic about our talents. I feel like they look at our talents, our young players, quite weirdly. It's quite strange. I don't think that they're, um, yeah. It's quite weird. Even though like, one minute they're with them, and then the next minute, nope, they're overrated. If they have one bad game, like they don't, they don't really give allowances for young players. They give allowances for big money signings, but they don't give allowances for young players. I, I find it so, so strange. It's so backwards. The the maddest thing I think with um with the the whole thing with Billy Gilmore, I think you look at what we what we allow. Um, Jorginho to do in terms of like when he's playing we allow the fact that he's he's not you know the strongest he's not the quickest and then I look at Gilmore and I just ask myself the question is he is he as strong as Jorginho he's probably maybe a bit stronger yeah is he as quick as Jorginho he's, he's probably awesome. a little bit quicker is he as agile he's probably a little bit agile he's he's, he's, he's definitely more agile yeah he's, he's got more flair as well to be honest he just ticks so many boxes that I just feel like this is the reason why I said Gilmore needs to get some minutes because yeah. he need this needed to be seen. Not just it, it was perfect to see it against Liverpool. Don't get me wrong; it was a masterstroke, like you said, Meets from Lampard to play him in this game. But yeah. I just feel like if you'd have played him in any other game, even if it had been against another um, Premiership team, I feel like this performance would have would have come event like eventually. Yeah, because yeah. just you could just see it coming. And the thing was, I wasn't even surprised to see him play the way he was like on the ball. But the fact that we're talking about a Liverpool team that put out their second second string side against Everton only to go and knock them out. I don't know if it was in the League Cup or this or, or this cup. Because but they've put out their second string team and gone and knocked out Everton, yeah. A first team Everton side. Yeah. And then we've put Billy Gilmore in the pitch on the pitch on Tuesday night against a pretty much a first team Liverpool side because yeah. that Liverpool side's not a bad side at all. Yeah. They pretty much had their full back line out. But um Bar Trent. Yeah. They had um they had Fabinho, who was one of the best CDMs over probably the last year. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And you're talking about a guy that's like, come on, how tall is Fabinho compared <laughs> to, to <laughs> Gilmore? Fabinho like six and, two. And you're talking about a kid 
who stepped on the pitch. He's looked. At, he's 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 seen. He's he's at Stamford Bridge playing at home. Pressure on him, yeah, is crazy to deliver. And not only does he produce a good performance, he produces a great performance. Yeah, man, a great performance. The only the only midfielder that has performed like that against Liverpool this season is our best player at the club, and that's Kante. Yeah, that's the only player. Yeah. that has performed to that level. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I just feel like with Gilmore, it, the signs were there. The signs were there, and I think people just need to embrace the fact that he's a flipping baller That's and he it, just man. needs to play. That's it, man. Like, look, when I was call- I was calling from early in the season, people look at me crazy, and I'm thinking, hold on, you lot don't know what this boy's about. Really and true, you don't know what this boy's about. Because I was saying, look, the the weight of pass that this youth has. Every time, like, whether if he needs to visit, he'll visit. He'll punch it into you. If he needs to just drop it in front of you, he'll drop it. If he just needs to caress it and it just trickles in front of you for you to get a shot, perfect. Like, for example, that pass to Giroud where he done a trick and a yeah, pass. Yeah, it's crazy. The weight of pass there because Giroud one did not have to break stride. Two, Giroud didn't have to strain himself to get the ball because the weight was so perfect. You get what I'm trying to say? A lot of other players will overhit that pass. Or under hit it. But he just finds it. He's got that quality. He's got that natural quality. And I feel like people wax in Liverpool about him, rightly so, because it was such a great performance. You can't actually do that much justice. You have to watch it. You actually have to watch it and actually just sit back and appreciate the quality that he has and just the just the array of talents he has. Because one thing that surprised me is his carrying, his ball carrying. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think he had it in his game because I was so used to watching him play as a DM or um, a, a, a tempo setter playmaker. I didn't really see him carry the ball that much. But when I saw him travelling with the ball, I was thinking, what is this? What on earth do we have here? Because this is special. It's special quality that he has. And he's got all the minerals and especially the fight, the desire um, and the aggression to be a very, very good midfielder. Top midfielder, world class, yeah, it's a bit strong. We'll see. But he's got all the minerals <laughs> to be a very, very good player. And I'll, yeah. I'll be watching him closely, man. And I've already said, look, if we're going to have to sell some people, Jorginho, I'd, I'd definitely get rid. Um, and get in another DM and just play and have him as an option um, with a new DM. Because, yeah, I don't think that. I think Jorginho will be surplus to requirements with the emergence of Billy Gilmore. And I think more power to it, man. Yeah, I think shout out to Lampard as well in terms of the, the overall performance against Liverpool. Because yeah. I think... I, 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 spotted, like, I spotted something that was happening a lot and you lot probably did too, but he started like switching... He, he got them to, to kind of start over on the right-hand side and keep switching yeah. over to yeah. our left. And it was like a proper pattern from from minute one against Liverpool. And I just felt like Tactics-wise, Lampard seemed to hit the nail on the head in terms of like we were we weren't just punting it up to Giroud. We were properly like we were proper working it around the pitch, working to your right hand side, and like Barkley, Barkley who also had a good game by the way against Liverpool. I felt yeah. like he had a good game anyway. He was going out to that right hand side, doubling up on 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 Robertson, and then he was just switching it over to Giroud, who for the whole game just had Williams, Gomez, and Van Dijk. They didn't know where to where to run to. Like seriously, Giroud was. This is no exaggeration. He fisted them literally up. pammed all three of them every single time he went there. He like, fisted it was not them even up. A joke. Like, they were so lost, 
and and the poor kid Williams, yeah. I don't know what happened. Like he must have, he, he must have been so shocked first half because Giroud every single time it was going over there. Him and Pedro bullying him. Oh my god, bullying him, killing him. I felt killing like him. what I did like. I felt tactically Lampard got it spot on, um, absolutely spot on. I couldn't find a fault in the tactics at all. Really, um, I felt he got it right. I felt like Pedro was really good, despite not obviously missing that chance. I felt like Pedro was very very good. His work rate, his work ethic, um, his, his quality on the ball generally was very, very good. Um, him helping Aspi, as he worked so hard as well. Like, uh, yeah, I felt like Pedro played really, really well. And I think Pedro might actually play himself into contention, you know, with um, the injuries of Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi. I feel like it could be a, probably a good option, really and truly, um, for Pedro to play. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I felt William again... <sighs> He scored, but it weren't a great performance, man. It weren't a great performance. Nah, he, was, he was poor. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. But, yeah, I think everyone else everyone else played pretty well, to be fair. Um, yeah, even Alonso was quite good. Like, I was about to say, you know, yeah. he played well. Marcus Alonso, Alonso as a left-back. Well. Yeah, he solid. really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, like first time I've seen him play left-back in, in a while where he's actually had a... I think a really positive game. And I think, actually, if you look this season, Lampard against Klopp, he's not done too bad. I know we've we got beat in the league and, and the Super Cup and that. But I think, actually, certainly second half at Stamford Bridge, I thought we were the better team. I thought we were unlucky to lose the Super Cup. Um, and again, I think, you know, we, we kind of got the better of them in, in the in the Cup game on, on Tuesday as well. So, you know, maybe Lampard has got a little bit of a thing, you know, maybe like Solskjaer's got with him. He's got a little bit of a thing with with Klopp and, and hopefully that can continue. But yeah. I felt actually largely the team played really well. Gilmore for me obviously was the was the standout player. I think I agree with Jermaine. I thought Barkley had a had a good game and, and to, to be fair, touching on the Barkley goal, that was some unbelievable That was strike. unbelievable goal. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business bounce forward today with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a $500 prepaid card. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. There's an angle behind the goal where you just see the ball literally didn't move. It just went in a completely straight line into the into the corner of the goal. It was such a great strike. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the Barkley uh, dichotomy, isn't it? Again, that we have kind of every other the sort of Barkley paradox of there's obviously a good player in there it just literally doesn't show up enough for for, for really to kind of merit him playing more football which is, is a shame but you know the goal was fantastic I think he took it really well it was a great goal but I, for me I, I personally felt his performance was quite poor and I know everyone's going to look at me and think uh, you know what no I felt it was quite poor because I felt like he kept making the wrong decisions like he'd do good things. No. <laughs> but he'd do good things. But this is just a typical Bartley performance. Other than I mean, usually he won't score the goal. But he, you could see he's got talent. You can. You could see he's got quality as well. But I felt like Yeah, I just felt like it was a bad performance because he just kept I, doing things wrong. I felt I like the I, the passing was wrong. The passing was yeah. wrong. The decision making yeah. was wrong. Yeah, everything was quite poor, man. Like I remember, there was a moment. There was a moment where Mount and him, like Mount, does a night. He's trying to go for one-two, right? And then Barkley sets it all the way behind him, and Mount does well to get a free kick out of the situation. But I just thought, what, what is happening? You know what I mean? So I just feel like, but yeah, great goal, fantastic goal, and that was a, a a literal showcase moment of what Barkley can do, and hopefully he can that can translate into um good form 
um, in the future, but I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. We need to do it against Everton still. We do. Yeah, I think, I think the thing with Barkley is, I think the the problem with him with him is, yeah, it's hard to see when he has a good performance because during that good performance, he does so many simple things that they frustrate you to the point where you can't even, like, praise him anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're so frustrating. Like, there was one time I think the ball came into him and he tried to do a croyp and he just slipped over. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> luckily, Gilmore saved him because he just come in with a crunching tackle, won the ball, and then Barkley, I think, won a free kick after that. But um, generally, though, I think the reason why Barkley, why I say Barkley played well anyway was because I, I like the way he would sometimes kind of, like, drop in deep to kind of help out defensively. But then, he like, most of the time when he got the ball, he was playing in that, like, attacking mid... Like, kind of, like, in that number 10 role and, like, on, on, on the wide right as well. But when he was getting the ball and he was switching play, the way... Like, when he was switching play, it was actually, like, proper killing Liverpool. And I think he was yeah. quite important in terms of that that pressure that we were putting on them once we were once we did start to like attack them and stuff like that he was involved in like quite a lot of the attacks i agree so i think that's the reason why i said he played he probably played well i know he does a lot of stuff that is frustrating and i agree with that he, he definitely does right. so many I, I, I'll, I'll give you that i'll give you that i'll concede i will concede on the fact that he helped us a lot in transition but I felt we could have been far more ruthless and a bit. We would have punished Liverpool a lot more had he yeah, made the right decisions. Yeah. Had he made the right decisions. <laughs> However, you can't complain too much because we won the game. But if I'm going to be objective, I wouldn't say he played <laughs> very, very well. But if people want to say he did, I'll go along with it. I'm just not. And I'm, I'm not fully with it. As well. Yeah, I'll pick up Alonso. Alonso still he covered. He, he he was covering our centre back quite a bit sometimes, you yeah. know. And I was surprised to see him deal with Mane sometimes the way he did. Yeah, he I was did. Quite, you know, I'm uh, not gonna lie. He played. He played well. He did play well. He did. I I I can't lie. Alonso, I'm not his biggest fan by any stretch, and I still want him sold. However, <laughs> despite the facts, despite that, all that. And despite the fact he's not played much, despite the fact he was frozen out entirely. Um, he's come back and he's just like, well, fuck it. You know what? This might be my last period here. I'm just <laughs> gonna do whatever. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play. I'm, I'm he's not, mo- he's not moaned. He's not sulked about. It. He's just thought, fuck it. I'm just gonna do what I can. Just see where it goes, man. I, so I, I, I have to respect him for that. I have to respect him. Uh, he, he's, he's done well and he, he's helped us a lot in the last three games. So I'm not gonna complain at all. Yeah, definitely. Really and truly. Well, I absolutely absolutely love about Marcus Alonso is the discrepancy between how good his left foot is and how good the rest of him is at football. Bro, it's probably the biggest I think I've ever seen in a player. His left foot is literally world class. No, it's hey, such hey, great hey, let's, let's pause. Great pause, quality, but then the rest of him is shocked. No, nah, nah, let's pause. Let's pause because I feel like we, 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 get, we get this all confused. We get this so confused. Look, Marcus Alonso's left foot is world class when he tries to shoot. Anything else? Shocking. He has the most focus when it comes to his shooting. But when it comes to passing, horrible. When it comes to crossing, lackluster at best. I think... I feel like he's so... If you think about it, every time Alonso played this season, I've looked and I thought, oh man. Because what Alonso does... In general play, general build up is sell his players short. Like he sells them, he sells them down the river all the time. 
I remember against United um, in the Carabao Cup where Rashford scored that free kick um, twice. When when uh, yeah. those two moments, that's all came, but all came from him. All became all because of his sloppiness. His he don't take due care with the ball. Like it's a stark comparison to Billy Gilmore, for example. Billy Gilmore takes care of the ball. He looks after the ball, whereas I think Alonso just passes it and just like, oh, have it. He's not even thinking about if it's on your stronger foot, if it's on your back foot. If you know what I mean, he's not thinking about that. He, that's why it's no care. It's just poor. It's just poor. It's just poor. But credit where it's due, he's been good. He's been good, and I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him. I can't really bash him really. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's been good. Ross Bark with a second goal, fantastic, and um, hoping that he kind of carries that onto um, another Merseyside um, team that's coming to Stamford Bridge this Sunday. And I thought it's weird. Chelsea never are really in good or bad form. We're just up and down. It's a killer, but it's bound to happen in in this kind of season where it's a big transition. Um, but how would you line up for Everton? Because, again, lots of injuries still. Ruben Loftus-Cheek played his first 90 minutes of competitive football, uh, relatively competitive football um, for the under-23s on Monday, I believe. Um, and he came through that unscathed, um, even flying into tackles, thank God, and coming out unscathed. So how do you play it? Would you maybe throw Ruben in? Or would you, again, be hesitant? And Barkley, I guess he did have scored that one goal. So it's probably Frank will probably be thinking to put Barkley in. But how do you go about that game, and how are you feeling about the game? Because Everton are in decent form. Joe? Yeah, they're um, they're they're a bit of a bogey team for us occasionally, aren't they? As well. Um, I mean, insofar as as Ruben goes, I think that. Uh, you know, first half it very much like he was getting up to speed again in terms of playing, getting his confidence back. But, you know, second half, there were so many kind of really, really nice moments that you'd associate with his games and great runs and great strength. I, I felt sorry one of the Everton players absolutely bounced off of him like a sort of a kid trying to, you know, like tackle an adult. It was it was pretty uh, pretty interesting to see that Ruben's still got that kind of strength and power and that sort of explosiveness. But I still think he's he's a little bit uh, far away from, from starting games and I'd, I prefer to be more cautious with him than trying to rush him back. Certainly, certainly, I think he's probably worth you know being on the bench if 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 you know you kind of need him to come off the last ten minutes or so. But maybe I'd look at a very similar team to what started against uh, Liverpool. Um, I think Gilmore is an absolute cert to start. Um, it'd be very interesting to see if, if Kovacic is fit or not because I think he's been so crucial to the midfield um, really this this whole season. But in particular, you know, I don't see anyone really between Barkley and and Mount um, who could probably perform the the kind of role that he does to a similar level. So interesting to see what the what the midfield is because Gilmore, Barkley and uh, and Mount is, is pretty Brexit but um, you know it's it's I'm not too sure how that's actually going to work in terms of balance um, but yeah I mean you know question I think Zuma's been, been playing well I think Zuma, Zuma gets the nod um, Kepa with his five shots straight at him although <laughs> the free throws he made in a row were impressive probably we'll go on to that since, actually uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that talk about that in a bit yeah but, but I, thought, I thought that was interesting but uh, I mean the, the free saves in a row were, were, they were great reaction saves to be fair but I mean mm. all five saves he made were down his throat which is you know it's, I mean it's a positive that he actually saved them so yeah. you know, we're obviously making big steps here but um, he probably keeps his position and you know I think Tammy's Tammy's still out isn't he Hudson Adoy is out yeah Rudisic is out so I mean it's it's probably going to be the same team yeah. maybe just with uh, with Mount coming in for for Cover in midfield and, and Barkley starting again yeah I feel like that midfield 
may struggle. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I feel like that midfield <laughs> might struggle, though. I feel... I'm yeah. quite worried about that midfield, to be fair. Um, because Mount and Barkley, their first thought is always to go forward. And they might leave... Um, they may actually leave Gilmore exposed. I feel like maybe this might be a game where you play Jorginho and Gilmore together. Um, I'd play Gilmore. Oh yeah, he is. Oh shit! I'm not just dropping him because I dislike him for a change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess it might have to be that. It might actually have to be Mount or maybe James. Maybe comes into midfield if if Asby starts. You know. Maybe Reese James at midfield. I think that might actually make sense. Yeah, that basically, you would be interesting. That's yeah. a lot of technique and, yeah. and decent, decent play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I might, yeah, I might, I might back you on that. I might go with that as well. Um, quick one, I want to go back to Kepa. Um, we had a lot of people at in the account on Twitter messaging us saying, "Hey, do you not see Kepa saves? You don't see?" I was thinking, "Oh my god!" And um, our good friend, we call him the statistician. Yes, um, he's not on the pod today, but um. Yes, it's Mr. Stats, right? So, he brings the stats to the thing. I think it was either Yas or Joe. Brings the stats to the table and the show that, oh, all of them, all the Kepa shots was right down the middle. All of the saves. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? It made sense. Because I kept looking at that game thinking, wait, Kepa's making saves. I was shocked. I was gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. And to be fair to him, I will be, I will be nice. I will be fair. He... He he made those saves, but he also came out and punched the ball. Can you imagine? I was like, he punched the ball. I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. I mean, I'm expecting to catch it, but hey, again, like you said, Joe, baby steps. We'll take that. One year at a time. That's what I was impressed with as well, man. I was just impressed with the fact that he was willing to come out and kind of put his body there and, you know, just get involved, brother. Like, instead of just staying on your line, like... Just come out and try and catch it at least, or if you punt, then punch it. But he done everything with conviction, so I can't lie. I'd definitely give him that as well, to be honest. I think Kepa's all right for now. He's safe. <laughs> for now. Safe for where, now. though? For now, I'm hoping you mean to the end of the season, because, look, yeah, yeah. I don't want to let you go on, you know. I don't want no, oh, maybe Kepa, nah. I'm fully committed to the Kepa out cause. And if you want a U-turn... I'll ban everyone from this pod. There's no all U-turning. Stops, all stops have been sold. There's no U-turning. You're going all the way. You're going all the way with me. All the way. Because I have no, not I think, I, I think if we can try... I don't know how true it is, but obviously if we can try and do the old black thing, we can, that, it'll be good, innit? But, but um, look, yeah, look, I'm not, I'm, all I'm going to do... I still think Kepa's a bit of a question mark at the moment. For me, look, all I'm going to do, yeah, is make the strongest doer, yeah, for players to be shooting the ball straight at Kepa. Just to increase his stock a little bit. Small, small. <laughs> we don't take too much of an L on the 70 million pounds. We sell him for what? Maybe 40 mil. I'll take that L. Get all black. Fine. Whatever. I don't even care. Let's just not take a massive hit on him. So, as long as we keep getting straight shots at him, we'll take that. As long as that keeps the price quite nice, we'll take that. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, 10 games left. Well, it could be maybe, uh, maybe another five or five games. So... We'll see, man. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not getting back on no Kepa train. I never was on it. I just don't think he's a great goalkeeper. And yes, that performance would be good for his confidence and will be good for his confidence. 
Um, yeah, let's just let's just hope. Yeah, let's just hope that it doesn't lead to overconfidence because you know that boy has that. Um, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's not hope it, it leads into overconfidence and then he starts doing a whole bag of higgy hagger stuff and we're in trouble again. So yeah. Um, yeah. What's your scoreline predictions for the game actually? Because uh, it's a tough one. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. And again, I, 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 I'm quite worried about Everton. They, they look very decent against Manchester United and I felt they were quite unlucky not to get the three points. Um... And they're quite solid as well. So, what do you what do you think? What do you what do you think the score's going to be? I, I think coming coming off the back of this of this win, and I know our pattern hasn't been you know to win a game and then go on to win another one and win another one since since, since the the seven game winning streak. Bro. But but um, yeah, which seems like years ago now. But <laughs> but um, I do feel like I don't know. There, there's something about this game, the way we won it. In the manner we want it, and obviously the opposition. Ah, oh, bro, don't do this. People. Do you remember what nah, happened with Spurs? Nah, man. Listen, listen. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> don't get gas, bro. Listen, listen. Remember what happened against Spurs? Listen, uh-uh. I'm gassing it. Do you know why I'm gassing it? Listen, I'm gassing see. it, yeah. Because my boy is playing. You're Sunday. shameless, my hey. You're shameless, bro. You're getting. <laughs> Look, I love Gilmore in it. You know I do in it, but come on, you're 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 put, you're putting the hopes of us getting back to back wins for the first time Listen. since November. Yeah, on the young eighteen year old boy. Come on, man. Yeah. Look, you yeah. star boy. Listen, I back it. I back it fully. You man are nasty. Wow. Who is it? Stephen Davis in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Nah, he's not getting. Nah, he needs to fist them up still. Wait. Nah, Gilmore has to fist them up still. <laughs> Yuma has to fist them up. I'm not. I'm not hearing any excuses. I, I wanted to ask before though. You know when we were talking about the formation and, and who was who was going to play. Yeah. Who who was it when? Um, who did we play when Lampard played Mount and Barkley either side of? I think it was. Was it? Was oh, it Jorginho? Yeah, I think that was in the early rounds of the Carlin Cup. Maybe I think. Oh, actually, and then was, it, was it West Ham? It happened not against West, West Ham or Villa. I think it was Villa. Uh, it was Villa. It was Villa. It might yeah. have been Villa still. So, was, so they played well, though, that, to be fair. They played well. Going off that, I think if we could play Gilmore and, I don't know, like, we got no choice in a way. But, yeah, we'd have to probably rely on probably Gilmore and then those two in midfield with him. Because I think Reese James might even come back in at right back. That's the other thing mm. as well. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I can't see him dropping Aspi and I can't see him dropping Alonso at the moment. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, Aspi's been well. good, man. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I put James initially when I when I put out that yeah. team in the group. That's why I put James in the middle because I feel like Lampard will want James back in the team. But now what he's got to do is he's because he's got injuries in midfield. There's every excuse to start James in the midfield, and I know it's a young midfield, but it is a techie midfield as well. You're talking about two brothers that can ball the enough. And I'm not talking like just ball. I'm ball. <laughs> Jay, you're so gassed. It's killing me. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Even Davis, yeah? Man, that's guy not touching Gilmore. If Fabinho couldn't touch Gilmore... I don't want to hear Stephen Davis. Hey, play. listen, look, uh, hold on, let's let's pause. I'm gonna pause it real quick. Yeah, look, <laughs> look again. I'm gonna throw this in there because I don't want to be. I don't want Chelsea fans to come after me and say, "Hey, what? You're hating on Gilmore?" Nah, that's my boy. Yeah, 
That's my guy. But look, Fabinho has not looked himself for the last couple of weeks. Since he's got back from injury, he's looked a mess. But again, despite looking a mess, you'd expect him to handle an 18-year-old boy. Maybe not of the level of Gilmore. Certain other man, but I'm not going to say no names, but certain other ballers, um, in inverted commas, um, they may, he might have been able to pam them. But, you know, Gilmore's star boy. But, look, he's going to come up against a very decent Everton outfit. Um, they've got Andre Gomez is playing very well since he come back from injury. Um, obviously, Davies is a basic banger. He's decent, but not a great player by any means. And Delph. Delph, that's another midfielder who's um, he's slotted in quite nicely at, level, uh, um, at Everton. And obviously, Siggy. So, it's, it's going to be an interesting game, man. Very, very interesting. I think they play a 4-4-2 diamond as well. You know how Carlo loved it at Chelsea as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I'm hoping we can get the win, but I don't I don't know. I don't know. Mm, what, I don't do we, trust what do we do? What do we do with... I'm interested to hear what you don't say, actually. What do, you, what do we do with the two the two centre-backs? Because, again, what I, see, what I see is now, yeah, quickly, is that with Liverpool... We saw Rudiger and, and Rudiger's a mess, by the way. Bro! I'm not about to praise Rudiger. I was waiting for you, man. No, no, I was waiting for you, man, to mention that brother's name. Because you know when you erase <laughs> certain players from your mind? Like, look, I might have to start referring to Rudiger as the individual, too. Because... <laughs> Because this is nuts. <laughs> this still. is nuts, bro. He's not taking Alonso's face. Alonso, Alonso's got his name back. Alonso's got his days. name back. Alonso's got his name back. Obviously, a certain Danny, yeah, who's on loan elsewhere, he's still called the individual. We don't refer to him by name. So the individual at, at, at Aston Villa, that that individual. So what? So Rudiger got individual too. Look, listen, that guy <laughs> is a bum. He's an absolute <laughs> bum. I can't stand him. Like, you know those players, yeah, who absolutely think that they're the leader because they shout bare. That they sh- like they think they're a good player because they're shouting loads and pointing loads. Do your job, bro. You don't do your job. You don't ever do your job. I look at Ru- I look at Zuma. Quality, by the way. Quality against Liverpool. Yeah. Top yeah. top performance. I look at him and a stark comparison to Rudiger, who's all over the place. An absolute mess. Every time he goes in for the ball, mess. He's getting beaten in the air by, like, Firmino. What? What is that? Like, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense, bro. You know, you know, you know them three shots at Kepa? Fam! You see his legs? Look at Rudiger's legs. Look at his legs, bro. Look at his legs. He's twisting and turning. He's like a breakdance. He's a prick. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. It's like when you drop your FIFA controller and the analog stick is Bruv, and it's moving about. It's nasty, man. Nah, he's not good. He's not, he's not good. And again, I remember when... You'll never forget. Remember when people saying, oh, when Rudiger gets back, when Rudiger gets back. And I say, hold on a minute. Rudiger's not that good. And it's almost like he went up in estimation because he was absent. It was making he, he me He turned into sick. William Gallas in Bro, his absence. It was mad. In his, like prime Gallas. Prime Gallas. Now, now, now you look at him, he's own goal Gallas. I'll score own goal just to get out of this team. Get the fuck out of here, man. I can't stand that guy. He needs to get out of here. He's terrible. I think I think if, if AC's fit, I don't know how, I don't know what his fitness yeah, is I like. Yeah, I think he had an injury. I'm hoping Lampard comes out and says he can make it because it's either got to be tomorrow or AC and Zuma. Yeah. I, I know, yeah, what's going to happen though. I know. 
because it's a clean sheet against Liverpool. And, yeah. I, and I feel like Lampard, he's not going to ignore that. No, he's but, not going to ignore it. But, I, but I've heard murmurs. Gonna, I've, heard, I've heard murmurs on the back roads. Yeah. You know, back roads, you know, not the main ones, but the back roads, I've heard that, look, Rudiger might, <laughs> might be on his way out. I'm not going to say if it's confirmed or not, but he might be on his way out because certain men don't rate him. But hey, that's all I need Listen, to say. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But you might be right. Because it was a clean so sheet. Who do we go with then? Oh, I wouldn't who play would Rudiger, man. I'd, I'd definitely play Zuma and Christensen. But um, especially this new Christensen who's added aggression to his game. Million percent. Yeah, he ain't done anything wrong. That's he ain't done anything so wrong. So I'd, I'd, play, I'd play him. Yeah, 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 he's been faultless. Um, other than the buying game, yeah, he's, he's stunk out still. Two cataclysmic mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that, that threw the tie completely, completely left. <laughs> threw the tie completely left. You know what I mean? Look, that's my guy, but hey, I'm, I'm fully willing to say when that guy fucks up still. So, um, well, yeah, Christian. Seeing Zuma as well, yeah? I'd go, yeah, I'd go. Yeah, if, if, if AC's fit, yeah, I think Zuma's a must. I mean, Calvert Lewin and Rich Allison up top, if they are playing the, the same system against United, I mean, that's. <laughs> Bro, central, isn't it? Listen, I mean, the way Calvert. a tank, then Calvert Lewin is, is, is great, isn't it, as well? Um, so, I mean, it's. The way uh, Calvin's playing now. Playing against Rudiger, I mean Rudiger. Rudiger, for someone who has this reputation of being a PMP defender, he's like he's like lowercase PMP. He's definitely not full on PMP. He he'll get absolutely destroyed by Richardson. That's what's Calvary. mad. Like Rudiger, physically, aesthetically, he should be the imposing dominant figure. But he looks when he's playing, he's so gangly. He's not firm in anything. No. It's mad. It gets me so angry. Cause I'm thinking, you, you've got this aggression. You do fuck all with it, other than shout. You're a dickhead. This time tackles. And this time, <laughs> just a dickhead. I think now nah, you're an absolute prick. You play with so much anger in your head, but you're just shouting. You're not even doing firm tackles. You're just, yeah, wet wipe. I can't handle. I can't stand him. I can't stand him at all. Um, but yeah, I think Calvert Lewin is in super form as well, man. So. Yep. He was great against United. He was great he against United, man. Like, he's looking like he's playing like you know the shit house Costa, where he's getting the scrappy <laughs> goals, but fuck it, yeah. he's scoring anyway, and he's fisting up defenses by himself. Yeah, and, fi- <laughs> and fisting up defenses by himself. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing, man. So it's just it's going to be a tough game. I'm just gonna I'm probably gonna give us an edge and say maybe we might edge it two one. Or yeah, you're not yeah. backing us to keep another clean sheet. I don't know. Not in the form that Calvert's <laughs> in. I don't know. Still, I'll say a 2 1. We'll give it a 2 1 win. Billy Gilmore Masterclass. Billy Gilmore assist as well. Gilmore. Not even two goals. Well, you know, we know what he's about. Two, maybe a young I'm cheeky guess- assist. A young cheeky assist. You know what I mean? I'm guessing it. James, James Bagger. You're <laughs> disgusting, bro. Oh, we appreciate the respect you asked Gilmore from 40, yeah. You Don't. are nasty, man. Like, you know, I, can't, I, I, I need to be careful because last time Mead said to me, yeah, I think we was, we, was, we was on the pod last time just before the Everton away game. Yeah, bro, I, said, I told you. <laughs> I told you, bro. I said we are going to get fisted up. I knew it. So I said, calm down, bro. Calm down because... If they do the double against us, I'll go mad. I'll go mad, um, and I'll blame it all on you. Um, we're going to go on some listeners' questions because we've got quite a few. We're going to go through. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, this is a good question, actually. Sparks ninety one. 
How do we set up to break teams down when we're at home? This is a very good question because um, I I look at it and I think, what are our best attacking weapons? Crosses probably at the minute. Obviously, we haven't got Hudson Odoi at the at the moment or Pulisic, who are are more inventive dribblers. I think Hudson Odoi is one of the most the best uh, wingers in backing up his player, backing up his opponent into the box and creating space for others. I think Hudson's one of the best in the league at that. Um, and we haven't got him. So, again, our only real weapon now and a form of attack is to really cross. Um, and I feel like, in terms of formation, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd always try and play two strikers or try and two goal scorers at home. Because I feel like you're going to be able to disrupt people. And it doesn't necessarily need to be pretty. But if you have two relatively decent goal threats on the pitch, um, especially where people are defending deep and they've got so many bodies in the box, I think you're probably better off playing two strikers um, than not. Because we don't have any really wide forwards or wide attackers that are really inventive and hungry to score goals. So that's probably how I'd do it. Obviously, in the coming season, I'd attack it differently. Where you have you play Hudson Odoi, you have um, God willing, we have Bogart that comes back. We have Ziyech as well. They are very creative players and more inventive players. So I'd play it quite differently um, than that. But in this current squad, I feel that's how how I'd do it. What about you, Joe? I think probably for for me, it's a question of of more kind of the the mentality of the team and. I think we need to be more direct. And by direct, I don't mean just lobbing the ball up to Giroud. I mean, playing a bit more vertical, playing a bit quicker. I think sometimes we get into this kind of sort of very passive possession-based game where we're kind of shifting the ball left to right in midfield. It's very it's very lateral. It's not very... Um, and then when we, when we get into the final third, we've allowed the team to kind of set up their back four, back five. They, they kind of tuck people in and they kind of force us into these situations where we have to put like 30 crosses in in per game and of course you know I mean, if you've got a decent cross from Giroud you've always got a chance of scoring but I think it's such a one dimensional way of playing so you know I look at Liverpool I look at some of the counter attacks that we were able to to put in particularly if you've got Gilmore there instead of Jorginho I think Gilmore plays way way quicker plays forward more plays more of an aggressive passing style I think if we can be a bit more vertical with how we play and not just banging it up front but just maybe a little bit more aggressive in, in, in how quickly we try and get shots on how quickly we try and attack that for me, I think, is where we've been at our best this season. And I think when we struggle at home, it's when we do this very kind of passive lateral side to side, this kind of very probing kind of play. And, and to your point to what you said there, we don't have those players like a, mm. a, a Ziyech or a, a Boga or a Hudson Adoy or a Pulisic or whoever may come in in the summer who can actually take that sort of slow state of the game and then speed it up, inject a little bit of class and quality and then beat yeah. two people and, and set something up. We don't have that in the team now. So yeah. once you're passive, it's, it seems impossible for us to inject that spark to, to, to make the little, you know, the little quick transitions, the little quick movements to, to set up decent shooting opportunities. So yeah. for me, it's about being a bit more vertical and a bit playing, trying to play it a bit quicker. Well, I think that's a fair, a fair answer to, to the question. Um, we've got Shrey, um, uh, 765. Are defensive issues against bottom teams? Do you think it's a personnel issue or is it a system issue? It's a pretty good question again. Um, Jay, what do you think? What, what, what is it for you? Because um, I'm I'm quite on the fence about this. To be fair, yeah, I think I think um, I think it's more to do with personnel. If I'm being honest, I think to I, what I read the other day in terms of like percentages wise in 
in, in looking at even like headed clearances and like how, how many headers our defenders are winning. Zuma seems to be the only one with like a really high percentage mm. and high amount of headed clearances. So mm. clearly we've only got one player who is actually really dominant in the air. Mm. And even Zuma himself has been caught out a couple of times. But that happens. That happens because sometimes the ball's a good ball. Or, yeah. You know, other players are great in the air. That's going to happen. So you don't expect Zuma to win everything. So I don't blame Zuma all the time for, for things that he misses. But um, <clears throat> I think we've seen recently, obviously, Christensen's come in and he's improved that part of his game. Um, but But I think naturally... I don't think any of the any of the other defenders that we have are actually proper dominant <clears throat> headers of the ball, like mm-hmm. a, like a John Terry or you know like a Vidic. Then we we don't have players that love to head the ball like those kind of players did. And I know we're using elite players, but those are players that love to head the ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you look at a dunk for like um, <clears throat> them guys. They love it, bro. They love headering the ball, bro. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Our players don't love it. No. I don't think they like that. That's not part of their game. They don't have so that. I think, I think it's just they don't have that desire. It's weird. I don't yeah. like using the generic term like desire, fight, hunger, aggression, all that shit. But uh, I feel like there's a degree. I think it's, there's a degree of that yeah. when it comes to the aerial duels. You've got a lot of defending. Yeah, you, like the aerial duels and wanting to best your man and beat your man like not break their legs or anything but actually just want to dominate them I feel like mm. maybe there's a bit of um, passiveness in our, in regards to our defenders with that I feel I feel like I feel like Tomori likes to fight he likes the duels and stuff but airily I don't think he's up to it either so I think definitely it's, it's probably a place that we could look to strengthen in the summer um, especially if we let Rudiger go because I, I really would to be honest um because yeah. every time we look at our defenders as well, if you look at even against Liverpool, I think Zuma was the one that for me that stood out in terms of aerially. He was he was heading everything at one point sure. in the second half. For sure. And then um and but then he also loves that little, you know, foot race with, with, with um his opponents as well at times because he's quite quick and he gets across the ground quite quick as well. Mm-hmm. But so did Rudiger. Like yeah. Rudiger's really quick. I'd say if the any if there's anything Rudiger's decent at it's probably when he does read it well, you very rarely get in front of him in terms mm. of like if, yeah. if you're if you're a quick player or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what they that's what they all love doing. They love trying to cover them spaces because yeah. they're quick. They can come around, cover the fullback, things like that. I agree. And Tomori, Tomori loves it as well. I agree. But that, but like I said, Zoom is the only one that has both sides to his game. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we definitely need to look for somebody that loves header in the wall and, you know, is actually, a, you know, a good defender and loves defending to that degree. Do you know what I mean? So. All right. Um, Elvin101 got a bit excited and threw off about four questions. So we're just going to answer two. <laughs> right. Um, is the training or the medical staff to blame for all of these muscular injury- injuries? And um, I tweeted earlier today about the Hudson Odoi. Apparently, Hudson Odoi has caught another injury, um, another strain on his hamstring. Um, thankfully, it's not a tear or anything serious like that. But do you not think that maybe it's the medical team or I guess it's just the level of intensity in the training? Because um, I don't know. I don't. 
I I don't remember a time. Who was the last manager where we kept having muscular injuries? I don't remember. But there was one manager that it just kept happening every single month. We kept getting a muscle injury. I don't think it was sorry. It weren't even Conte. Conte's injury record was faultless. Um, it wasn't Di Matteo, was it? I think it was Di Matteo. Yeah, he's the one that comes to mind. I think it was Di Matteo where every single week kept getting muscle injuries. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Made no sense to me whatsoever. So what do you what do you lot think? Do you think it's just to I guess blame the medical? I don't think you can really blame the medical team. Um, no, I've, it must be it must be the training, man. I think they need to alter it somehow because this this is not normal. Kante's had it. Yeah. Kante, Kovacic, Mount, um, Tammy, um, Hudson Odoi. Um, Pulisic. I mean, the whole, the whole first eleven. <laughs> it's it's a it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the number of strains that people have picked up. It must be to do with um, training. Um, in my in my in my eyes, anyway. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I I, I think I'd I'd certainly agree with that. I mean, mm. so you know, for sort of kind of setting the scene somewhat. So you know, sorry, last season wasn't huge in the sort of conditioning or you know the kind of sports science area and and, and kept it fairly loose. Um, sort of regimen when it comes to conditioning and going mm. from from that style to Lampard, which is is apparently very much driven by sports science, but very intense double yeah. sessions throughout the summer, all this sort of stuff. I think that the what they didn't do is really analyse like how that gap from not doing that much work to literally you know doing the most work that a footballer could possibly do, how that's affected the team. And you know, I kind of I kind of believe in this sort of accumulated fatigue stuff. So all these double sessions over the summer. You know, they don't just kind of leave the body when you're a footballer because you're training all the time and stuff like that. You know, coming back from international sessions, apparently doing double sessions, you know, kind of, to me, seems a little bit over the top, particularly at this point in the season where you're, you're really kind of, you're doing maintenance fitness, you're just keeping yourself ticking over now. You should be fully match fit. There should be no no need for you to be doing sort of intense conditioning work. So it seems to be a little bit, I think, that, that maybe they... You know, in this kind of pursuit of wanting to run more and be this sort of super fit, high pressing team, and 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 you know have this insane cardiovascular capacity during the game, but I think that they're actually these sort of sessions they're doing are really not benefiting players who maybe from last season are certainly not used to it, and some of these younger players probably have not pushed themselves this hard in training as well. So you've got guys coming back from injuries, banging straight back into double sessions, back yeah, into super it's not intense good. It's not sessions. It needs to it needs to be looked at because at the moment, I mean, you know, one or one or two injuries a season like this, okay, you know, it happens. But I mean, the the regularity of these muscular injuries to me always goes back to to players being fatigued and tired, Facts. and they're tired not not because they're playing a lot of football, they're playing similar amount of games that they have done in their career once twice a week. I think it's the has to be the training that they're not tapering to to really kind of acclimatise the players towards the end of the season. Facts. All right, we'll move on to one more question. One more question will be um we've already talked about Sancho before. Oh actually there's two more questions. Um are we happy with um Tellers? Um because obviously we've been linked quite heavily with him. Um he is probably in the final year of his deal next year. Um, and he's, I think he's stated to Porto that he's not looking to sign a new one. Are we happy with Tellez? Because I think he's a good, good player. He's one of the players that are yeah. earmarked for us to get. I'm quite happy with him. What, what do you guys think? Quick words. Happy? Yeah, man. I think he's 
very similar to well naturally I think he's much much better in terms of tech than than Alonso because he can actually do both so he can cross and he can shoot yeah so and he's quick and as he's well. got a little bit yeah I was gonna say and he's got pace and he's got a little bit of fire about him as well yeah like at left I've seen some of his defensive stuff so I don't know it's looking promising yeah. um I think for the fee as well yeah can't you complain even I if think. we end up paying 30 or 35. Yeah, I'll take that over um, a 60 million pound certain yeah. man, but we're not mentioning that name on the pod again. All right, one more question, yeah. final <laughs> question, and I think this one's perfect for Joe. Um, yeah. are there any <laughs> other academy players that are going to come in and help with midfield? Uh, I mean, the, the one that I've I've been looking at for a, a couple of years. And, and if Say his name, it, King. Say, say his name, Tino, King. Tino Andrewin. Uh, I, 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 I don't know the full name. But, uh, say his name, Tino King. Yeah. Faustino yeah. Andrewin. If I start yeah. saying his Nigerian name, people will say I'm crazy. But it's too much. That, it's long. I'll, I'll leave that to you. It's, it's long. The last time I tried. It one, is so. long. Faustino Andrewin. Talk to him, King. Tell, tell us about so, him, because I don't think a yeah. lot of people know what... We call him Baby Ruben, but I don't think people know what he's about. So give a rundown of his qualities. So this is... I mean, it's it literally looks like someone has done a regen of Ruben in football <laughs> managers, copied, pasted it into like a 16-year-old, and just literally... He's got, he's got the height, he's got the physicality, no, fantastic dribbler through midfield, yep. scores goals, great eye for. I mean, it's it's basically, it's it's such a it's such a. I know it's a bit lazy to compare players, you know, and all, all those sort of stuff. But he's such a Ruben copy. Yeah. You know, his footwork, his ability, his passing, his aggression in midfield. You know, he's been one of these players that I've been really excited about for for probably two seasons now. Seeing him play under 16s and yeah. moving to the 17s, 18s, etc. And it's no real surprise that he's the one that's been on the bench. You know, he's the one that's been training with the first team because I think genuinely, you know, if you look at his his qualities, if you've got him and Ruben in in, in a team or in and around the sort of the same team, you've got two players who really change the midfield dynamic exactly. because they can beat people really easily. Exactly. You know, you watch Tino play, it's the same the same dribbling style, that upright dribbling, yep. amazing feet, doesn't get knocked off the ball. So, you know, I would love I would love to see him get an opportunity because I think he's another one who could surprise a lot of people because he's he's got the physical maturity to play against men already. Right. Plus I think the guys playing against him will be surprised just how good technically he is. Yeah. I, I mean look, Faustino, Adebola, Rashid Tino, Angerin, yeah? Top baller. For me, yeah, I looked at him because look, Joe, a long time, a couple, a couple, I was here, right, yeah, a year ago. I asked Joe, look, because I, I, I went off youth football a little bit other than the 2000s. I stopped watching after the 2000s, so the year 2000 players, um, I stopped watching youth ball, especially at Chelsea. And I was asking Joe, I said, look, Joe, come on, like, Give me a player to excite me. Yeah, I, I need a player that will excite because I knew about Gilmore. Um, and he mentioned two, two players from our academy. Um, that is um, Tino Andrin and Lewis Bate. Yeah, two, and I, I've watched them both. So I kept my eyes close. You know, I kept my eyes and ears close to the streets. I watched them. Um, seen a couple of games. Well, I've seen a lot of games now of Andrin and Bate, and I thought, okay. Joe's got the eye. Joe has the eye, really and truly. When it comes to identifying young players, young talents, he's got the eye. Andrin, for me, can slot into that midfield and bring so much. I think he'll bring, probably he'll bring a lot more than Barkley would. And 
obviously through seniority, and I guess Barkley did take his opportunity against um, Liverpool. But I thought Andrew, I thought Andrew probably could have came on in that game. I was quite disappointed that he didn't, and maybe the injuries kind of impacted that, um, and the nature of the game really. Um, but Andrew definitely is one of those players that can come in and yeah, be a force to be reckoned with. He's top top player in terms of the technical qualities, the dribbling. Obviously, he's got the eye for a goal, got an eye for a pass. Um, just his agility, his speed. Physically imposing, dominant. It, yeah, he'd be a very, very good player. So he's definitely one to yeah. watch. Definitely one to watch for the future. Um, really hope that we we tie him down to get given a new contract and um, extend his, his years at the club because it is running down. Um, and we could face the potential of losing him because he's a very, very good player. Um, and Lewis Bate, who for me is literally Gilmore clone, yeah. pretty much the same player. <laughs> I watched him. I watched him the other it's day. Insane. Top player. Yeah. He's a very, very good player. So Gilmore's a good, very, very good. This bait guy is a very good player. So yeah, those are two players that will probably come through at some point and hoping um could add to the squad. Cause I, I believe that they could for sure. Um but yeah, that's it for our listeners' questions. But yeah, I think that's us done, you know. Um yeah, thanks for um tuning in. Um hopefully we'll catch you a lot next week. And I'm hoping that, you know, <laughs> you'll be joining us after two back-to-back wins and, you know, we managed to batter by... Well, are we playing Bayern Munich next week or the week after? I think oh, Bayern Munich the week after. You know what I mean? I've completely blanked out. I've blanked out. I've blanked out. I don't know when we're playing then, but... Bayern who? Sorry. Hopefully, at least, at the very least, we'll be back next week with a win under our belts against Everton and, obviously, Billy Gilman Masterclass. You know what I mean? Billy season. Billy Gil. We out here. But um yeah, thank you guys for tuning in and sticking with us. Um but yeah, we'll be back next week. Peace. Take it easy, boys. Later, take it easy. Bless. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business bounce forward today with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a five hundred dollar prepaid card. Call one eight hundred five zero one six thousand or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. Sports Social Podcast Network.